0: well hey good morning what like jeremy said uh, welcome to journey my name is rusty and i'm the associate minister here on staff and uh if you're here uh on campus with us today in whatever part of the building we want to just say thanks for being here so much and uh thanks for coming out on a on a sunday morning And if you're worshiping with us at home we want to thank you for worshiping with us uh we hope you would come out and check us out soon in person if you haven't already But, uh, you know, today uh, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Like Jeremy just said, um, we have some stuff coming up. The thing I want to key in on is uh, always check out our app. Uh, You can download that at the App Store. It's just Journey Church Shepherdsville. Um, That'll have all the information about everything that's coming up here at the church uh, in the near future. Um, Kind of the couple of things that we want you to know about, just big ticket things. Uh, We do have on May 14th, it's a Friday evening, uh, a marriage a night called love and stuff um he said it's $25 uh that is per couple um so that's that's like what twelve fifty a, a person um we're gonna have a lot of fun that night we're gonna have some good food we're gonna have some games uh photo booth just a great night to have some fun together as, as um, married individuals um so we want you to check that out sign up for that on the app also every sunday in may Uh, The food trucks are going to be coming out to the church after services each week. So um, I think the first week, uh, first Sunday in May, we've got uh, a cookie dough truck coming out or something like that. So that's that's pretty exciting. And then uh, on May 2nd, also the first Sunday in May, we have uh, two meetings uh, after one meeting after each service about interest in our 2021 fall mission trip to the Dominican Republic. So it's a new relationship we're starting this year. Uh, Lord willing, we're going to travel abroad. Uh, and so if you have any interest in all in what that trip might look like, what it might cost, anything at all. Maybe you're just interested in knowing what's happening even though you don't want to go. Uh, we invite you to come out to one of those meetings. It won't be very long. It'll be in the overflow room just next door. Um, so once again, that's May 2nd after each service. So this morning, we're going to continue our series that we've been in the last couple of weeks called Human. Human. Uh, but today we're going to shift gears just a little bit because today we are going to talk about marriage. Now, I know that not all of us in the room are married. Um, maybe some of us in the room don't even want to be married, and, and that is that's okay. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm giving you something today too. I, I promised not just to speak to married people or people that want to be married, but to the people that are happily single. Or searching, um, and so I, I want to do my best to give you something that you can walk away with today. I also want to be really clear uh, that I am not a marriage expert <laughs> at all. Uh, I am still learning a lot about marriage myself. Uh, I am constantly learning new things about what it means to be married. I am constantly making. Mistakes that, uh, that that people who have been married longer than me would say, well, yeah, dummy. I mean, that, of course you don't do that. Um, so I might say something today that you might not agree with, and that is okay. Um, and you know what? You might be right, and I might be wrong. Um, but we did put a list together of resources uh, for, for you um, on our app. It's the first thing you'll see when you open that up. It's just a, a list of, of some great books, some great uh, video resources, Bible studies, and some blogs and things like that. So we just want to send you to check that out because those resources will help you a lot more than what I'll be able to say in the next 20 minutes or so, okay? But right off the bat, I think we all need to get on the same page and admit that marriage is really hard. It, it, is, it is really, really hard. Francis de Sales was a 17th century French pastor, and he said this uh, when he was written a letter by a wife talking about how difficult marriage is. And he said this: marriage might be the toughest ministry you could ever undertake. And the problem is is that marriage isn't something that you can just do once really well at the beginning and then just coast. It's something that requires regular maintenance. Requires. Checkups and fine-tuning. Marriage requires a lot of introspection and a lot of humility. And I think a lot of the disconnect in marriage today comes from a fundamental misunderstanding about what marriage really is all about. We have... Lots of ideas that we think marriage is about, but we don't ever land on the same page. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what marriage is all about, why it, it's a good thing. But before we get into what it is, I want to dispel a few myths about what marriage isn't. Because there's a, a lot of them. We're not going to hit every one of them, but we're going to hit a few key ones that I think are important. And, and the first myth that I want to dispel is that marriage will complete you. Okay, I'm not talking about relationships in general. We need relationships, right? We we need relationships between friends and and family and things like that. I'm specifically talking about like the Jerry Maguire type of romance, right? I love that movie, uh, and if you haven't seen the movie, um, it's 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 a great movie. But I'm going to ruin the ending for you. If you haven't seen it. It's like 25 years old, so you're just going you to have to forgive me. Uh, but there's this iconic scene at the end of the movie where Tom Cruise is declaring his love to Renee Zellweger by saying this same phrase over and over again. He says it like 100 times. You complete me. And it's incredibly sweet, in- incredibly romantic, but completely untrue. And, and what I mean by that, guys, is that every one of us in this room, Married or single, are complete, sufficient, adequate human beings. That no other human being can give you something that you need whose name isn't Jesus. I want to say that one more time. No other person on earth, not named Jesus, can give you something that you lack. You are a complete So to my single brothers and sisters in the room today or watching with us at home, please don't believe the lie that somebody out there can complete you or that you lack something. And to you married individuals, your spouse will not, cannot, and should not complete you. That is not the way marriage works. The second myth I want to dispel is this notion that love is all you need, right? Great Beatles song, um, but not true. Love is not all you need to make marriage work. It is an important ingredient to the, to the recipe, probably the most important ingredient. But it's not the only thing that will make marriage work. And anybody who's been married for more than five minutes uh, will tell you, yep, that's totally true. At the wedding reception, you're already thinking like, man, what did I do? Uh, now, I will say that, that love is the concrete slab that the house is built on, right? But without all those other pieces, you've just got an empty lot. So love, absolutely important, but it is not all you have to have to have a successful and happy marriage, the third myth I wanted to spell is that marriage is a transactional relationship and, and I want to explain what I mean by that. Uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. Quick pro quo, right? I'll give something if I get something. It's this idea that you know ladies, if you love your husband, then he will respect you and lady and husbands, if you respect your or if you love your wife, then she will respect you. That's a transaction, right? But that's, that's not how marriage works at all. Once again, if you've been married for more than five minutes, you know that is not how marriage functions. And that is because marriage is not always equal, and that's the last myth. In a perfect world, sure, both partners are giving 100% all of the time. But we don't live in a perfect world, and none of us are perfect people. And you go through seasons in marriage where one person is always giving, well, not always. One person is, we have a rule in our house, we never use the word always or never, right? And that's, that's one of our marriage rules. We learned that early on, that is not healthy. So, but we find that in marriage there are seasons where one person is giving a lot more, is sacrificing a lot more than the other person. And then sometimes you get back on the same page and then sometimes seasons flip and the other person is giving a lot more and sacrificing a lot more. Marriage is not always equal. So now that we've dealt with some of the myths about what marriage isn't, let's deal with what marriage is. And that's a really broad question. So more specifically, what is the purpose of marriage? We're going to start today in kind of the same way Jeremy started this whole series a couple of weeks ago in Genesis chapter 2. Uh, now, when he used this passage, he said something that I think is really important for us to remember today, which is we're not going to get caught up in the, the argument or the debate about how old the earth is, whether we're dealing with six literal days or, or whatever. I, whatever you believe about that, I don't really, I, I don't mean this offensively, I just don't care. Um, and If you think it's six literal days, great. If you think it's eras or or billions of years, cool. Um, We're only interested in this passage today in looking at how it demonstrates our relationship with God and with each other. So to recap this story, God creates all existence, all matter, all life in six days. Once again, don't get caught up on the timing thing. And after each element is created he declares it is good and then he creates man at the very tail end of all this and he says it is not good specifically because in genesis chapter 2 verse 18 you'll see this on screen it is not good that the man should be alone i will make him a helper as his partner One of my favorite authors is a a pastor by the name of Tim Keller up in New York, and he has this great book, which is one of the ones that's on our recommended reading list, uh, called The Meaning of Marriage. And he says this in, in that book about this Genesis passage. The Genesis narrative is implying that our intense relational capacity, created and given to us by God, was not fulfilled completely by our vertical relationship with him. God designed us to need horizontal relationships with other human beings. That is why, even in paradise, loneliness was a terrible thing. Now, the horizontal relationships Keller is talking about here and that we see demonstrated throughout Scripture is not just talking about marriage. It's all human relationships, relationships between uh, parents, between parents and children, between siblings, uh, between friends. It's all human relationships here. And what we find is that we were created to be in relationships with other human beings and not just with God. It's a part of our God-given nature to be in relationship with other human beings. But what we see here in Genesis is God... Recognizing that human beings need friendships. I'm going to say that again. We need friendships. And marriage is fundamentally about friendship. Every marriage expert, both secular and religious, agree that for marriages to be long, successful, and happy, they have to be built on deep intimate friendships. You should marry your best friend. I tried to marry my best friend, but his wife said no. (laughs) Dr. John Gottman has been studying marriage for the last 40 years. He is the premier marriage expert in all the world, and he has this marriage institute out on the west coast where he sets married couples up in apartments and then monitors them to see how they interact, measuring everything from facial expressions to, uh, to, to heart rate to all kinds of incredible things. So it's not just subjective observation here, it is objective data. And, and this guy, he's, he's got this incredible superpower Uh, where he can talk to a married couple. He can actually observe them talking to one another for about 15 minutes. And within that 15-minute period, he can predict with a 91% accuracy rate whether that couple will stay married or divorced in the next five years. 91%. He is the leading expert on all things marriage. And once again, this is another one of the books we have in your recommended reading. It's called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And he says this, Happy marriages are based on deep friendship. By this, I mean a mutual respect for and enjoyment of each other's company. These couples tend to know each other intimately. They're well-versed in each other's likes, dislikes, personality quirks, hopes, and dreams. They have an abiding regard for each other and express this fondness, not just in the big ways, but through small gestures day in and day out. So let me ask you, married folks, does this sound like you and your spouse? Do you enjoy each other? Do you like each other? Kind of the most important question in this, do you know each other? One of the most common issues that people face today, and the one that I hear about most from married couples as a pastor is we feel like we just have gotten to this place where we don't really know each other anymore. We, we used to know how to talk to each other. We used to be really close, and, and somewhere along the way, it was like things just diverged, and now we don't even know how to speak to the person that's sitting across the table from me. And so somewhere along the way, it's clear they got distracted, and when you start talking to married couples, it's, it, it's almost always at the same point that this happens, and we all know what it is, and, and it's kids, right? So the, the answer uh, is just not have kids, and then you can have a long, happy marriage. <laughs> I love being a dad. I do. Um, this morning, our, we all came together as a family and my two-year-old was falling asleep in, in, on my chest And just an hour ago. Uh, I love being a dad, but sometimes I think I enjoy being a dad more than I enjoy being a husband. I find myself devoting all my time and all my energy and all of my efforts into the relationship with my kids. And that relationship absolutely important. It has to exist. It needs to exist. But that relationship with my kids cannot be more important than the relationship that brought them into existence. It can't. It won't work that way. Because one day, those kids, we hope, are going to leave the house. <laughs> and when they do, your spouse we hope, is still there. The marriage is there before the kids. If you want it to be there after the kids, you can't neglect it. So what are just some practical things that you can do? Well, continue to date your spouse. And I know that sounds cliche, and things are cliche because they're true, right? And so continue to put the same effort and energy into your marriage relationship that you're putting into your kids. Plan ahead of it. Make sure that it's on the calendar. And this is something that I am not good at, just as a heads up. Two days ago, my wife showed up from work and she said, we're going on a date tonight. And I was like, tonight? Like, well, where, where are we going? And she was like, doesn't matter. Shut up and get in the car. And <laughs> make it as much a priority to date your spouse as you do soccer practice for your kids. As you do for gymnastics, or for that three-hour recital that they're in for five minutes. Make it a priority. It will benefit your whole family if you continue to date each other. Because a family can only be as strong as the marriage it's built on. And a marriage can only be as strong as the friendship it's built on. And the primary purpose of marriage is, first and foremost, friendship. So if you're single and looking for a marriage partner, uh, I have one small piece of advice, and that's consider the people who are already in your friend circle. Sure, they may not check off all your preferential boxes. They may be a little shorter than what you'd prefer. They may not have the color hair that you like. They may not be the most attractive person in the world, but the good news is plastic surgery is getting cheaper all the time. (laughs) Look for the people that you are friends with, that you connect with, that know you and you know them. Now, there's a last myth that I wanted to spell about marriage, and that is that the purpose of marriage is to be happy. Or in other words, your spouse's job is to make you happy. The weight of that expectation will crush even the strongest marriages. Because guys, it's not your wife's job to make you happy, to make you feel fulfilled. And and ladies, it's not your husband's job to make you happy or to make you feel fulfilled, but I think maybe we're asking the wrong question here, maybe marriage wasn't designed to make us happy, maybe it was designed to make us holy, maybe it was designed to help us grow closer to God, to become more like Jesus, not living for ourselves, but selflessly for other people. That's not to say that we shouldn't be happy in our marriages. We should absolutely be happy in our marriages, but happiness and holiness are not mutually exclusive things. You can have both. And actually, if you pursue holiness over happiness, you'll find that you get happiness quicker going that route. A happy marriage is a byproduct of a holy marriage. Because when two people are chasing after the same goal, the same object, the same king, you're going to find yourself happy with that person. 2 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, the apostle Paul wrote this. He, Jesus, died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. In his book, Sacred Marriage, Gary Thomas, this is the five love languages guy, he says this, the first purpose in marriage, beyond happiness, sexual expression, the bearing of children, companionship, mutual care and provision, or anything else is to please God. The hardest thing about marriage and, and, and deep, intimate friendship is that it exposes all of our flaws, all of our inadequacies, and all of our immaturities. It has this tendency of holding up a mirror to us and showing us who we really are. And sometimes we don't like what we see because we see somebody that's selfish, self-involved, uncaring, unkind, And as Christian people, we must be pursuing a life that looks more and more like Jesus. A life that reflects him and his ways. Marriage can help us do that. And if we're not married, friendship, deep, intimate friendships with others can help us do that. Because once we know our flaws, and let's be honest, as spouses, we love to point out each other's flaws. We can begin to allow ourselves to be transformed and changed, not by our spouses, but by Jesus. Now, we're going to do something a little bit differently right now uh, because I'm a dude, and you're only hearing one dude's perspective on marriage. Um, so I'm actually going to invite my wife up uh, this morning. This is Leah, um, if you could welcome her. Um, And uh, I'm just going to kind of interview her. Um, full transparency, she, she does know what the questions were, um, because I did want to stay married after we did this, so <laughs> I decided to let her know what the questions were ahead of time. Um, but, uh, but she didn't answer them for me, so she's had some time to think about it, but we have not had this conversation yet. So uh, here we go. Uh, Good so morning, church. Is your mic is it on? I don't
1: know. Is this working? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, great.
0: So... Um, my first question for you is, if you could talk to younger Leah, like pre-married Leah, engaged Leah, <laughs> what what would you say? What would you say to her?
1: Oh, bless her. She had no idea what she was getting herself into. She thought she did. She was cute. Um, you know, the biggest thing that I can say if I could say it back to my younger self, is that words matter. And um, what, <laughs> what I wish I would have remembered, or known, or taken advice from older people, not old people, but m- much wiser people than myself, is that words really do carry weight. And you cannot take some of those things back as much as you wish you could, and as much as you um, wish you could erase you know, a moment in time cannot. And unfortunately, my husband has the memory of an elephant, (laughs) and he remembers everything I said from the moment we got engaged. And so, unfortunately, I I hurt his feelings this weekend. Full confession, church, I'm not perfect. Um, And I hurt his feelings this weekend, and I said something that I did not intend to hurt his feelings, but if I had maybe thought it through a little bit more, I would have known that that was going to hurt him. And then I had to deal with this weekend knowing that I hurt his feelings. And that feels terrible because I don't want to hurt my best friend. So I think think, stopping and thinking through, is this is this going to really matter in 10 minutes from now? Um, the, the last word, that last word usually bites. And that last word usually is very lasting. And so how are you going to leave that last word?
0: Thanks. Uh, So uh, second question I have for you is can you describe what it's like marrying me and hitting the jackpot? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. what what is something – here's the real question. I want to hear that later. But uh, (laughs) what is something that I do that drives you just completely insane?
1: So – and I I should have known this when, when I saw the state of the house he was living in before we got married, your ability to not see dirt is incredible. (laughs) It's a superpower, people.
0: (laughs) It's a very messy superpower.
1: It's a messy superpower.
0: So piggybacking on that, what is the hardest part about marriage?
1: You know, I think you said it when you stated that it is humbling. Ever being in a place of humility, being willing to hear those hard things about yourself—that um, that's really humbling. When Rusty holds up that mirror and says, "You know you do this," it's like, "Oh," which that I is. love
0: to do, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does, and it's a humbling process. You know, I don't like to hear those things about myself. I don't like to hear, "Hey, you're selfish." When you know, here's an area where you're really selfish. Do you know that? you're putting yourself before our family, you're putting yourself before me You know, in specific areas. And that's a really humbling process to have to sit and listen to. But to be honest with you, if I had not married Rusty, I would not be where I'm at in my journey with Jesus because I would not have had this time to be refined and I would not have had the vulnerability with anyone else to hold that mirror up and say, these are areas you need to work on. These are areas where you need to pursue holiness more. These are areas where you need to evaluate and say, is this reflecting Jesus? And that is a very humbling process. And I'm grateful for it, but it's a painful process. Has anybody else experienced that? Somebody tells you that? Yeah, it's hard.
0: And then just the last question, because we're running out of time. What's one piece of... Of advice from from a wife's perspective, um, that that not just that not just for wives, but for probably more so for husbands. What's one piece of advice you would like to to give people?
1: You know, when you're having those moments, sorry, when you're having those moments or those arguments, um, when you're in that heat of the moment where you're so frustrated, right, and you've like you go blind because you're just enraged or you're so angry, just taking a moment to say, I'm going to excuse myself for a second and collect myself because I don't want to say something that's not going to be loving. I don't want to say something that's not going to reflect Jesus. And just coming back to that conversation, for me, that words matter, that whatever I say here, if it's not going to be loving, I need to stop need to remove myself from the situation i need to remove myself and say okay what can i say that my spouse can hear and is done in love
0: great thanks let's pray together guys father we love you and we thank you so very much for today we thank you for the gift of relationships the gift of friendship the gift of marriage We pray that you would help us not make our marriages idols. That we would put you first in all of our relationships, not just our marriages, but in our friendships, with our relationships with our kids, our relationships with friends and family. We pray that you would help us pursue holiness more than we pursue happiness. That when people see us, they would see somebody reflecting Jesus. We love you. We praise you with all that we are. It's in Jesus' name.